Hello and welcome to WWE uh, Wrestling Headlines WWE NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka I'm stumbling all over the place because YouTube went live. I pressed it and it went, you're live. That never happens. My internet is not that good. <laughs> so uh, I guess a good night for the internet. Also, in that same moment, recovering from having a very cold cup of water. I don't know if um, on camera it can be told, but uh, podcast listeners, yeah. Fresh out the tap, but it's winter. Therefore, it stays chilled. Uh, sorry, Floridians or <laughs> Texans or anyone else listening to this podcast. But yeah, water straight out the tap is chilled. Mm. Really cold. <laughs> Living freezing. Oh, I can feel it going down here. Anyway, slight tangent. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Headlines NXT Review. Yes, that was a side tangent to then let me do a more, you know, actual intro. <laughs> it was. Yeah, the NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp. You can follow me on Twitter at the Diamond Blackhead. That's Diamonds in Durham. And uh, please do go over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news and columns. Uh, Andrew Ardizzi with an amazing... What did I call him? <laughs> Sorry. Andrew with an amazing column on uh, the uh, on the WWE deal with Peacock. Uh, sorry, well, with the Peacock streaming service, which is NB, uh, company's NBC. An amazing column on there, which has done really, really well. Uh, so, yeah. Just giving that a shout-out. I don't normally give... like I give the columns a shout-out, but I don't always give a select column. But, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. I think I've been hyping, I've been plugging Andrew quite often. If you talk about AW, which normally linked in, but the columns did really well this week. Um... But we'll just add it. It's also Royal Rumble this weekend, so I'll be live with Aftershock immediately after Royal Rumble because I'm mental. But Hustle will obviously have his Hustle is posting right now column immediately after the show as well. So if you've got co- column form, you're going to have Hustle. Audio form and video form, you're going to have Imp. Uh, so we've got you covered. We've got you covered this Sunday for the Royal Rumble. Uh, but this week was NXT and Honestly, both NXT and AEW had solid outings this week. I wouldn't say either show was absolutely mind-blowing, but both shows, I felt happy having watched them afterwards, which is kind of the main thing. Was I entertained? Did I enjoy myself throughout? And I've said before, I relatively do enjoy these bubbling up, setting up episodes. And both NXT and AEW delivered in that capacity. Both of them at the end of the show as well, (laughs) in that capacity. So... I'm not really going to say either was better than the other this week. I enjoyed them both. And looking at the ratings, they're very... I wouldn't say they're very similar. What I mean was there was an evident jump from NXT whilst AEW dropped a bit. But, it, like, neither... Like, killed it. It's one, again, it's the same number of, like, 1.4 million. So the same number of people watching it overall. It's just some seem to drop off AEW to NXT this week. Yeah, that, it could have been for a multitude of reasons that... Uh, NXT didn't have any issues at the start. The show just aired perfectly fine. AEW missed like the first entire match almost because of technical issues. Could that be an issue? I, I don't know. NXT does have the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic currently ongoing, whilst AEW this week was setting up, like essentially a filler episode, setting up the actual main beach bash next week. So whilst NXT was evidently, it has got, you've got the tournament ongoing, you've got things that you can get invested in. Uh, again, AW's whole, it's just my cup of tea. NXT sometimes, I'm increasingly struggling with it. 
And I think a massive part of it is the WWE production. And I realised that this week when I was watching, again, this, this links it, <laughs> I was watching um, the, yeah, for some reason, why was I watching it? I must be watching it on BT. Am I being stupid? <laughs> but it's a picture-in-picture, picture, that's it. And they had just the cat still camera on picture-in-picture, picture, and I was just watching it like, it's amazing how much more watchable I'm finding this show without the WWE kind of pace of cutting. Where I'm watching, it's got all the bells and whistles in terms of production. It's just the difference is it didn't have any cuts, so it was just like the main camera feed. And I was just really, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's really just trimming down the pace of it, giving like giving me the exact same action but without the camera cuts. And it's just like my God, is the production like a bigger hindrance on it than I thought it was? Just just watching NXT in the picture picture without that. Yeah, it was suddenly like, oh my god, <laughs> like the same product suddenly becomes instantly more watchable and entertaining to me just by slowing down the production and the camera cuts. So I don't know, maybe just a little, it's a little thing to keep on track of for me, just to see if I, like what maybe watch a bit because I have been winding through the picture and picture stuff, but this week for some reason I watched it. It's like maybe I should watch it a bit more just to see if I think I'm right or not. So, yeah. Anyway. But the theme of today's show is not camera, camera cuts good or bad. <laughs> the theme of today's show is, is Arfin Balor and the Undisputed Era teaming up? Well, that seemed to be indicating what happened this week. We're seeing the animosity between them slowly worn down as they realise they're going to have to team up to take on Pete Dunne, Lorcan and Birch. Maybe Pat McAfee will wait and see. But yeah, we're essentially seeing Finn Balor realise he is going to have to trust the Undisputed Era as it's starts off as him outright refusing to and then over the course of time it kind of goes back and forth where he doesn't want to be part of a group but he trusts them a bit more to have his back and the same with Kyle O'Reilly where he trusts Balor to kind of team with them and that's kind of what this was this week because the main event was Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch the NXT Tag Team Champions in a non-championship match and essentially now, our two bold champions were the guarding knights before the man declaring himself king in Pete Dunne, uh, Prince Balor and his mate, arriving <laughs> to kick the crap out of them with little remorse. Uh, the two with a common enemy going to war together. Like, they were working like a well-oiled unit, but their beef showing signs of rearing its head every now and then. And I liked how that flowed. I liked how that built throughout the match. I thought this was a pretty strong main event. And the ending was something to get excited about, even if it didn't give any con any kind of like, oh, I got the win over you because I'm the better wrestler. It did have a feeling of setting up the next thing, where I would say the exact same thing on AEW, <laughs> where both endings gave me gave a setup for something in the future which I can be excited about, and they are directly, seemingly, possibly setting up a, uh, I guess, a, a bigger setup moment next week. <laughs> so it gets me, it's finding a way to explain it because it's not the moment it's a bigger setup to get me even more excited next week yeah, for something whatever it is yeah I'm expecting a bit of a swerve in NEW but in NXT if it's more straight up you're going to get Undisputed Era and Balor for me that's the big setup even if it if it's against Pete Dunne I guess the end game is Dunne versus Balor however right now the big thing being set up is Undisputed Era teaming with Balor so yeah yeah more for that yeah, exciting stuff and really good ending with Balor kind of slotting in. But we'll go through the match first. Uh, Balor seemed to be the one to get caught by the NXT Tag Team Champions teamwork over O'Reilly. Uh, really getting worn down and it was took it took a while for him to fight back. And really how 
I really liked how that sold at Kyle O'Reilly is the expert tag team competitor of the two of them. Balor the one getting caught by that teamwork offense, whereas O'Reilly more often than not fought out of it. Really in, I really enjoyed that that dynamic played out. I guess the only, I guess the only difference in my head is like, uh, this is only in WWE's world though, because of course Balor uh, in the land before he signed for WWE in New Japan was that this whole birth of the Bullet Club was birthed out of the fact <laughs> that he was in a tag team and was multiple time champion with Vaisuke Gucci. Uh, so he, as part of his story was he was a multiple time tag team champion, then turned on his teammate, formed the Bullet Club, away, yada yada yada. That's said in, in WWE, in NXT. So let's not get too nerdy about it. <laughs> in WWE, he's never been a tag team guy. He's always been a solo person. Yeah, he brought in Hideo Itami, but that was more to do with, like, he's a friend to help me with these big scary people. So, it, yeah, he's, he is one to be perfectly fine to team up to take on a foe he knows he cannot take by himself. And I liked how the setup for this one was... He was originally going to go in all by himself, all guns blazing, but William Regal like check, made him check himself. It was like I'm well, I say made him check himself. He flat out wouldn't let him compete by himself, uh, protecting Balor against himself. So I like that setup. Then he got the kind of working with Carlo Riley, like well, who could Finn Balor possibly team with? Well, similar to Champ and Thatcher, there's a kind of building of respect between him and O'Reilly, and O'Reilly also has had issues with at Law Bertrand Lorkin and Pete Dunne. So why not go with that? Especially O'Reilly and Dunn with their ladder match before war games. Like there's a precedent there already. I just, I really like how they're building it up. I know I've drifted away from the match already. <laughs> I was, I was gone in the match. But uh, O'Reilly and Balor, I really like how their dynamic is being played out in Balor's so kind of slotting into Unspeed's era. The entire time, Balor's had to be worn down because he doesn't, tr- seemingly doesn't trust anybody. But he had respect for O'Reilly, so picked him. And that kind of trust to for other people to also have his back in this kind of... He's going to have to fight multiple people, so he needs people who have his back. And he's slowly starting to trust the Undisputed Era. Yeah. I don't think he should get burned or anything like that. But I like how this is setting up. Like, Balor's own uh, kind of thinking that everyone's out to get him might get him in the end. Yeah, like he never really trusted Undisputed Era. might become a bit of a thing. But no, I'd like to see him, yeah. Again, in terms of like the fan fiction, it's Balor teaming up with the Undisputed Era. So you've got that working out. But again, Balor was the one to get caught. Uh, eventually nailing a Pele kick to give him something to build offense with. A minute later, Finn finally hit a sling blade on Lorcan to score the hot tag for O'Reilly. The Undisputed Era man running via and quickly making Birch tap after catching a Brett's rope drop kick into submission. A really lovely ending. Made O'Reilly seem like a beast as well as the person who isn't the champion. Just knock, knock, main event roster. <laughs> NXT's doing it again to show you how you can build the other people. Uh, Balor with thanks in respect, but Pete Dunne was there to swing the numbers advantage their way for an attack. O'Reilly into the barricade as the trio stomped down the champion. Dunne in the ring threatening to snap the fingers of Balor when he saw Cole and Strong making their way down. So now he made sure that they fully saw him do it. Uh, and yeah. He slid out afterwards, Balor in pain. Are Balor and the Undisputed Era more united after this event? Uh, the final shots showing the Irishman backing into the four-man stand-up, standing alongside the four, sorry, sorry standing alongside the group for a few seconds in acknowledgement before then fading back to the outside. I really like that. He just stood, he backed in, he was stood in front of them, 
and backed into them. He got the crowd pop of seeing him alongside them. Because with Bobby Fish missing, there is that gap available. There's a fly right in front of me. Don't clap it. <laughs> yeah, there is a... The clap would make a loud peak on the microphone, so I just have to put up with it. <laughs> but yeah, so with... He backed into the four lineup. He got the pop from the crowd. They acknowledged that they seemed to be right. We're going to team up. And then he slid to the back. It's like, but I'm not part of this group. <laughs> slid out. It's like, oh, I just love... It's visual as well. It wasn't beat for beat commentators saying this or that. And you know exactly what's going through everybody's head because the commentators are explaining it. <laughs> or over-explaining it. It's like, no. It was, it was all very visual. And the commentators going, oh, look at this. Just like... Seemingly like they were popping and excited just like the crowd was. But yeah, I liked it. Of Ballard champion by himself, realising he has friends now. And then backing off was like, but I am alone. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, it's a really nice little progression for him. I felt like that was a nice little sum up as well. And you can move on to the next bit. Having, he done a little kind of, I guess, on screen sum up of Finn Balor's relationship with the Undisputed Era. As in, I'm alone. I trust these guys now, but I'm not part of the group. <laughs> it doesn't, one after the other. And then, progressively, we're going to get closer to seeing them wrestle as a team. I mean, in WWE, I'd assume it's going to be next week. However, I'd use next week to set up an official match. After this week, you saw, all they're going to team up. Next week, and we're like, well, I'm going to set it up and get you excited to see Undefeated Era and Finn Balor team up. Then you see them team up. Compared to what I see on the main roster. You see them in the line. Next week, they're going to team up. No, make me want to see it. <laughs> going to build it up a little bit more. Uh, it's not the 90s anymore. You don't have to go at the car crash speed. Uh, just you can slow it down a bit. It's fine. You can prolong things. Anyway, uh, yeah, got me excited. I've got, to, I've got to start crapping on the main roster. <laughs> and if you don't know, um, if you don't follow me on Twitter, the reason that I didn't do a raw review this week, I started watching it. I got about 40 minutes in, and I was just like, I've got a busy week. I've got things to do. I could be doing anything else right now. I'm making life easier for myself other than watching this crap. <laughs> so I was just like, and it was a, like a truly bad episode for me. Easily the worst. Sit. It might be up there with the worst I've reviewed, but it's definitely up there. Again, uh, the raw underground throwing with like 12, 13 segments a night, throwing crap at the wall, that era. Like the, oh, Since I've been doing these videos, the raw underground era for me was easily the least I enjoyed doing it. But this, like, I didn't even finish the show. And I finished those shows. Because there was something in there. This week I was just like, this is nothing. <laughs> and I just, yeah, it's when Retribution came out. I say 40 minutes, but it's when they came out. So maybe that was 40 minutes to me because I got not watching it live. Maybe it was sooner. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, that's why I didn't review Raw. But it's not the whole for NXT. Kind of, sorry, NXT. not the whole for WWE. So when I say I don't watch him raw, I'm not crapping on WWE. I'm specifically saying the Monday show I'm finding increasingly unwatchable. However, I'm still mostly enjoying NXT, even though I can feel myself becoming less invested in what's happening. However, I really am enjoying SmackDown. And uh, when I, put, I put a tweet out, and just a part of it was, I'm looking forward to like essentially long-term if Raw stays on this quality, like, massive dip, I'll just stop reviewing it and review SmackDown because SmackDown's becoming the bigger one. However, I'm not in, I'm not currently in a situation where I can do that on a Saturday because I'm not staying up like, in the middle of the night to do it. <laughs> that's mental. I'd have to do the review on a Saturday. I'd have to do it during the day. And that's just not currently uh, doable. However, Raw... So we're going to be doing Raw for a little while, but, yeah, I didn't do Raw this week. But I just wanted to just kind of make a point that when I, when I say I'm really not enjoying Raw, that is not 
me being like your oh just a Tony Khan AW shill again. We need to we need to we need to just put some things in the invoice <laughs> next day of Tony. But with the I can insult the Monday show and then praise the Friday show. Same company. <laughs> That's just me. I feel like SmackDown is hitting home run right now. Really enjoying it. And Raw is an absolute struggle. Especially since I come back from Christmas. Because took three weeks off over Christmas. Didn't watch the Raw Legends show. But since I've come back, it's been bad. Like every, It's increasingly bad. Hopefully the Royal Rumble gives life. And as we kick on to the road of WrestleMania... Hopefully, <laughs> it's that is it because they've done relatively well the pay per views, like they've generated interest relatively well. I mean, going by my own numbers, the pay per views seem to be going up and up in terms of interest. So hopefully, the Royal Rumble continues that trend. If not, if, if not, at least hitting that same level. But Raw's been dire, <laughs> so fingers crossed. Ah, anyway, I'm continuing Raw for the near future because do I, again. I have got an area being built, being finished off, so that I can review SmackDown during the day. It's just not ready. And it, I'm just here in limbo <laughs> in this area. It's like, it's going to take as long as it takes. I'm stuck in limbo. Can't review SmackDown <laughs> until I'm no longer in limbo. To be fair, how many of us are in limbo right now? Common feeling. Anyway, let's move on to the NXT review on that chirpy note. You know what? Let's cheer myself up with a chilled drink of water. Ooh. Thought it would have cooled down a bit after 15 minutes. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Regret drinking that right into my teeth. Oh, anyway, uh, our men's and women's Dusty Road Tag Team Classics were rolling on this week. Uh, and I guess overall, you know what? I I thought this was a show which started on a damp note for me. But one I enjoyed more and more as it went on. And by the end, I was fully engrossed. Like had a lovely time by the end of it. Again, again both NXT and AEW, I thought, had good offerings this week. Like, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? I'm not massively enjoying one over the other this week. I enjoyed them both equally. And I'm not saying that. <laughs> Realise that just, I, uh, oh, look at me, I'm over here enjoying them both equally. So can you. No, I just meant on this very, because normally it's one over the other. This week is like, you know what? I think I enjoyed them both equally this week. Uh, I don't, that's not the case every single week. I say overall, it's probably AW more, but NXT does, does edge it every now and then. Uh, I think like, the last time was maybe the week they had Ray Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez in just like a host match. It wasn't the last man standing one. It was just a host match, and I was reviewing this show with James Boyd. I was just like, this was awesome. <laughs> just really enjoyed the show. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic quarterfinals match kicked off the show, our first of the night. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick versus MSK. Uh, again, if you, if you feel like you're missing matches, that's because they're airing on 205 Live, which was my feeling. I was like, wait, I've seen these guys, I've seen MSK wrestle, and I remember seeing Dane Maverick advertised, but they're now wrestling each other. Must be a quarterfinal match. <laughs> and I was right. In fact, like, there was a... They weren't clear on that. Like, personally for me, show me the board before the match. And I know you're kicking off the show. And you're just you're trying to get everyone involved into the arena, get uh, into the show. However, not showing me the board and not ever saying the words quarterfinal or second round or anything like that. Just saying, it's the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Here are the teams. Who's going to make it through to the next round? Never once did they mention what round it was or where there is the tournament until after the match. Personally, just tell me that beforehand. Just remind me, especially if you're airing matches on a different show. Because, again, that's the issue AEW got with being the Elite or AEW Dark, where they're going to have to bring it up in case something happens on there and people don't watch the, those shows. 
which I'm assuming the, mass, the vast majority of people don't, given like normally 800,000 are watching that show, and being the elite doesn't hit those numbers, Dark doesn't hit those numbers over on YouTube, so you're going to have to fill people in. So I'm assuming the 205 Live numbers aren't that great, uh, just by just by consensus of wrestling fandom, my assumption is 205 Live is not widely watched. So you're going to have to tell me that Dana Maverick won. Or maybe show me a replay of them winning or something. Because <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I knew they were in a match, but I didn't know what the outcome was because don't watch 205 Live. When would I have the time <laughs> to watch 205 Live? <laughs> it's crammed enough as it is. <sighs> anyway, uh, I want to say... Um, Ugh, immediately Vic Joseph calling MSK a fun-loving duo that love to have fun. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, for... F <laughs> just... Oh, their second outing, their third week in the company, and um, right off the bat, they're coated with standard lazy WWE character on commentary, which sucks because in action they're full of the stuff. <laughs> they are full of character, which you can kind of draw off of. But no, commentary... When they don't know how to explain a babyface team, it's the stock standard fun-loving duo that love having fun. As in, how do you explain their actions? Are they just having fun? No. As in, for me, that is stand. That's a kind of standard line that you'd if you cannot figure something out to explain them in a more elaborate or interesting way. My my thinking. Put the effort in. Think of a way. <laughs> Don't just... For me, it's the stock standard late. For me, this is the... When you're taught in school to not say good. For me, calling a babyface team fun or like having fun, that is like using the word good. <laughs> as in, I'd use that as a standard baseline to... as a, oh, right, Okay, my teacher is saying, don't use the word good. What else can I use? For me, that's what you do with fun of duo. It's like saying they are good at this point. Yeah, as in MSK are good. They're good. They're a good team. They're good people. That's what. That's essentially what they're saying to me. They're goody. Well, I mean, I'm drifting off a bit by calling them goody, so it's not the same word. <laughs> but my point being, they're essentially doing that. Just lazy, come up with something else. Give the right team a thesaurus or something. Uh, just, again, watch. The, when you watch, especially when I've... Because I've seen them in Impact. I've seen that different way, the many different ways they've explained the duo. I say it was more than duo at one point as well. You're just way more invested in the team when described a bit more than that. Like, fun-loving duo that love to have fun. For me, it's like commentary. You'd hear a commentator in the 70s or early 80s, say, especially on like World of Sport or something, and then the grandmas in the audience go, oh, oh they are fun, aren't they? Aren't they? They're good boys. <laughs> oh, they're fun. Like, no, not now, no. <laughs> For me, it's just la crap lazy writing. And whenever I hear that, I'm immediately less invested in the team that I'm seeing. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's stock standard lazy writing. Don't ever say it, <laughs> is my kind of critique on it. That line is being murdered, it's dead. Don't say it. It's like saying the word good. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, uh, I will say they are, in terms of like full of characters as well, they are highlight reel full of innovation. Also like a... Nice little tournament pairing in the facing Dane and Maverick as well. Two baby face teams on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I did like that. Your clean cut, family friendly, big and little act in Dane and Maverick clashing with those dang rascals. But again, they're not dang rascals. That was, I think that's what I'm seeing in the ring is those really, uh, athletic, innovative dang rascals. However, they're described as fun loving duo that love to have fun. They're just having fun. That's what they're doing when they're out there. Uh, the, the highly athletic, innovative offense. Ah, they're just having fun. 
See, it brings it all down. <laughs> it makes everything crap. <laughs> Don't say it. Uh, but yeah, I like the dynamic of the match in the action. If you ignore the commentary, the action told a great story. As usual, Drake struggled to hold his own until making the tag to Dane, uh, the big Northern Irishman running right, obviously, till MSK got their act together and hit the running blockbuster on Maverick for the win. Uh, nice little follow-up to their debut. Can see them becoming a big deal at NXT as time goes on. Not sure the same about Dane and Maverick. For me, they're very quickly slotting in to enjoyable lower mid-card act. As in, they come out, you have... You generally have a bit of fun when <laughs> they come out, but there's nothing more. And they kind of fade away after that. And they, I don't know where you can go with an act like that. It's weird. They add decent depth, I guess. It's an interestingly... It's a different dynamic. Maybe we'll get over... It's a, for me, personally, I think the biggest thing hindering it is there's no live crowd. And Dana Maverick's kind of... Uh, kind of the way that Dane uses Maverick as a weapon for that really different kind of offence. For me... That does really well in front of a live crowd. And not having it means it's quite difficult to like assess the duo. As in, I've heard it before as something that, for me, would absolutely do really well on the UK scene. However, there's no live crowds. <laughs> so maybe it does really well in America as well, but because there's no live crowds, you can't test it. And I feel like this is an act which really draws off that. And not having any crowd really hurts it. So I can't really assess where they should be in the hierarchy without live crowds. Because I feel like the gimmick is so important to have it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I wanted to say, like, it's a nice little follow-up for MSK. And as I was saying, I could really see them becoming a big deal as NXT time goes on. And Lord knows I'm ready for that next era of NXT stars. So I went into a little bit of a tangent after this match was ended. And it goes into you know, some VTR stuff. Like, for me, the NXT experiment of keeping names around and bringing back former ones hasn't massively worked for me. I don't mean we're not getting angles which should be exciting. I don't mean we're not getting great matches because we are. But as time comes on, as it comes on, as time goes on, I'm becoming actively uninterested in them. Like just becoming less and less invested. Like the wrestling output is still high. I think I'm just more than ready for things to progress. And it feels like NXT's stalled and it's, in a, that, it's that identity crisis I talked about the other day, that are they third brand or not? And it seems to be a bit indecisive as to which it is. Like, either for me, it's either that or make a flat, make, I can't really speak, either that or flat out make NXT a third brand. This middle ground of identity, like, again, it's not, it isn't working for me. Uh, but another again, <laughs> the best thing is still top notch. For me, it's just the characters I'm just not invested in Gargano, in Champa, in, I guess, Cole. But Cole's taking a back seat, which I think is smart. Uh, I'm just being honest, as a whole, I felt like we're ready to move on. But they're doing this stuff with Bala. I feel like that's the first time I've been excited about them. I wasn't that excited going into War Games. Um, I've enjoyed the stuff, and I thought Pat McAfee was fantastic. Doesn't mean I'm invested in the Undisputed Era characters, because I wasn't really. Uh, the women's division, I feel like, is a prime example of things moving on. Because the women's division on the main roster is still so thin... They haven't really. The only person to come back is Ember Moon, and she was never really used on the main roster compared to Finn Balor, who, former Universal Champion, former Intercontinental Champion, uh, but you kind of felt like they were never massively behind the guy. It's him coming down to NXT uh, with a relatively relatively new character for his WWE world is uh, was a decent fresh up. However, I'm still I'm ready for that next era to pardon the phrase take over. Uh, may, I mean, to be fair, Cross was meant to be champion. 
but he got injured. So this feeling that I have, I don't know, might have been di- might have been fixed a little bit, and Balor becoming champion might have diluted it a tad. Because again, I wasn't a massive fan of the four way Iron Man match, and maybe that was me. Re- that, that might be my peak moment actually, realizing I've just become not invested in these characters anymore. Uh, again, Dean, good stuff. I feel like Champa putting over Thatcher is a massively great move. Uh, Gargano, I feel like if he doesn't put over Kushida and give him the championship, it's a bit. I don't know. I feel like I'm just ready for NXT to move on. As in more than ready. As in, uh, there's that thing of, oh, you should be called up now. Oh, you're not getting called up. Oh, okay. I feel like it's a bit odd. But now I'm just actively becoming less invested in the show. Uh, I mean, in those characters, because I'm ready. I'm seeing people kind of rise up, but they're not becoming the top stars because you've got your top stars still there and they're not going to progress anywhere. Uh, Which, again, I feel like all that needs to happen is it developmental or not? Make a decision. And I think I'd go with the third brand, personally. Third, If it's third brand, but you trickle in developmental things, that's fine, because you've got your identity. It doesn't have an identity right now. It's kind of been drawn in different directions. It's lost it a bit. It's lost a bit of focus. I swear a, different, a wrestler said that. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Chris Hero. That was it. Talking about how NXT went live, they lost their focus a bit. Um... I mean, I don't... I agree. It doesn't mean it's not a good show. It doesn't mean I, I don't... For me, it's still up there as a show. I enjoy I review it every single week. On the whole, I enjoy watching it. But I do... I do totally agree with that. I feel like it's... Focus-wise, what is the show? What is identity? It's kind of been pulled apart a bit and stretched all over. Yeah, anyway, let's move on to the rest of the show. Let's not dilly-dally. <laughs> Quite a bit to get through. So, Kurt Stallion sit-down interview in an empty ring with Mackenzie. I always like these. Uh, when asked about him, like, who is Kurt Stallion? He talks southern nonsense. <laughs> uh, big burning bright star... Well, I was putting the accent, the Cameron Grimes accent. Big burning bright stars are driving my car. I'm the lone star stallion. <laughs> He's planning to... Jesus, uh, okay, I've been told before not to do that. <laughs> He's planning to use the Cruiserweight Championship to rocket himself into superstardom. So, yeah. I felt when I was watching it, I was like... Uh, it feels a lot like like the fully scripted WWE promos and the issue was I was coming straight from watching AEW and when it's kind of more like they let them speak a bit more it's more their own words whilst Kurt Sterling here is repeating a script it's like uh, I can tell the difference because these people not they're not all actors <laughs> and you don't play to their strengths because everybody has to do these things yeah. anyway um after this, we've got Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla with Robert Stone versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in our second first round. That's going to be complicated wording. In a, in a first round match, our second of the tournament in the Dusty Cup for the women's division. Yeah, I've <laughs> worded that really weirdly. Uh, right, time to swing into the land of positives. Uh, the latter half of 2020 became a banger period for the NXT women's division. For me, just an absolute height to kind of assess for the rest of the show their first dusty classic a perfect evolution for me to showcase those stars made and give younger faces an opportunity it's a perfect miss mix at the perfect time uh, again establish your stars and and give some newbies a little opportunity uh, purple haired dakota and big mama cool looking great as ever uh, kicking off the tournament with kiata and katanzaro upsetting two favorites was such a great decision because suddenly it's in the back of your mind that any team could break out in this tournament. I'm watching this thinking, surely Big Mama Cool and Dakota Kai are winning. 
but because of what happened last week, it's in the back of my mind. <laughs> like I was, I was right, <laughs> but it was there. And it's just, just a really, in terms of booking a tournament, it's a really smart idea. Again, that's why in uh, the New Japan Cup, whenever you'll hear different podcasts, I'll give the shout out to the Keeping It Strong Style podcast. But when they're doing the previews for the New Japan Cup, you got the brackets or any tournament. Immediately, the statement you have to make is there will be an upset in the first round. If you pick all of the favourites to go to the uh, final four, you will not win <laughs> in your predictions because there will be upsets. And that kind of sets up that expectancy of anybody could lose. And uh, they've done that immediately off the bat with this. I mean, you have to then follow up again at some point, but with such a small tournament, you could go straight to the final and just with that belief that Katanzaro and Carter could win it. And that's what I'd do. I'd have them defeat Kai and Big Mama Cool in the next match. That's what I'd do next week. Have them win. Put them in the final. And don't have to win in the final, but put them there. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, the wily ways of Alito and Kamiya worked now and then, but Gonzalez was in no mood to waste energy. Big Mama boots and slams for the smaller lasses. Like, I mean... Jessie's six foot tall, but a uh, big hoss mama. <laughs> She's not. Uh, a noise hoist into a double stump from Kai Gonzalez took out Aaliyah before Raquel turned Camille inside out before lifting her mighty high for a choke slam for the win. Emphasis on the slam. Uh, the duo take on Carter and Gazzaro next week in the semi-final. A great win for Kai Gonzalez. I feel like Kai's been in the background a little bit recently with Gonzalez's kind of push getting a lot of momentum behind it. But uh, this was a nice, uh, nice reminder of their chemistry together. That they burst on, that Gonzalez burst onto the scene with Kai for a reason. Essentially, yeah. Uh, the way interview, uh, Candice and Indy were confident after winning their dusty match on two hundred five live. Uh, Johnny comedically was refusing to hear Kashida's name like it's a curse. Uh, after they walk away, Dexter Loomis opens the curtains. Maintain the peep. <laughs> Maintain the peep. Uh, shout, uh, I guess, award if you know what stand-up comedian I'm referencing with Maintain the Peep. <laughs> Maintain the Peep. Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux with the tarot cards again. Who's she targeting? Uh, I've got a little hint later on. Uh, Tyler Rust with Malcolm Bizons versus... Uh, Bizons? <laughs> Bizons versus Jobby McJobface. Uh, he's wearing purple pants. Sorry, purple trunks. <laughs> America's not my language. Anyway, you're looking at a diamond in the rust. Uh, says Bivens. I'm just happy to see him on my telly. <laughs> I love me some. I love me some Malcolm Bivens. Uh, it's just not. It's not on my telly enough. He's somebody who. He's one of those indie names that I followed back when, and there's a a lot of joshing about. <laughs> Fair to say. So to see that continue since he signed for WWE, he's like, oh, but he's not on my telly. I I love the guy. <laughs> he's not on my telly. Uh, Jobby. I mean, he's 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 saying that he's got somebody that will test Rust but will also up-test confidence and dominance because Rust should be able to beat this man, but he should be a bit of a test as well. In reality, Jobby wasn't that much for Rust, who stomps him down and wears down the lad's arm. Nice spot with him hoisting the man into the air and spinning him round via the arms. Uh, McJobface had a tad of a fight back. I didn't get his name. <laughs> had a tight of a fight back, but an uppercut and a high boot changed that. Rust finally zoning in and capitalising on that arm damage trapping the arms back and strangle-stretching the man for a verbal submission. Looking strong is our rust. After, after his strong showing with Champa, it slowly evolved after that. 
Uh, Bivens right there with the PR selfie over the fallen opponent afterwards. Like, yeah, stay with that man, Rust. <laughs> stay with that man. <laughs> he will get you where you need to be. Yeah, Finn Balor, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Finn Balor was about to be interviewed by McKenzie when O'Reilly walked in all serious-like and make sure the man is ready, uh, that even though they don't trust each other, the foes are on the same page for the main event. So it's a nice little build-up to what's uh, set up for what was to come later. Uh, after that, we got our second men's Dutty Rose Tag Team Classic quarter-final match of the night. Grizzled Young Veterans versus Kushida and Leon Ruff, obviously. Massively behind the grizzled young veterans. Give them everything. <laughs> Here's my stance. As Zach Gibson on the mic. As aggravating and fantastic as ever. Soon to be. <laughs> Just, yeah, I love that man. Uh, the man setting this. I was about to go into Liverpool League. And he's like, you know what? I'll work on it. <laughs> no, I've got time. I'll work on the voice. Uh, the man setting the scene for tonight's story of veteran experience versus the quick in... Oh, sorry, there's the quickness in the movement, sorry, in the moment team formation of their opponents. I completely forgot what I was saying. <laughs> Point, uh, I'll just to reword that because that completely fell apart. Zach Gibson, Andy, and uh, James Drake have been teaming with each other for years. Yoshida and Liam Ruff have just teamed up with each other right now. So obviously, the experience would be the favourite. Also, top points to Barrett for calling Gibson the Scouse Scallywag. <laughs> Get those random British words in there. Love it. Uh, also, uh, Wade Barrett did do a good <laughs> impression of Zach Gibson. <laughs> I think it was nearest the start of the match. So a little shout out to that as well. Uh, Ruff and Kushida with the quick fight backs, uh, both with the speed, but Ruff that bit quicker, and Kushida the more aggressive. The duo showed some nice chemistry. It was just nowhere near that high level of the grizzled young veterans. Uh, the speed the, uh, for the comeback each time, our goodies managed to fight back. Uh, meaning even our man Leon got a nice hot tag, uh, including a rather unique rebound bouncing under <laughs> the top rope to spring into a lariat. <laughs> Fair to say that man is a tad unorthodox. It wasn't long until Liverpool was number one again, though, a Drake saving Gibson from a charging rough before the duo took down NXT's junior ace and took care of business. Ticket to Mayhem once again advancing them to the next round, uh, now to face either Cold and Strong or Champa and Thatcher in the semi-finals. Yeah. yeah. Again, showcased the smartness of the Grizzly and veterans. Really, really enjoyed it. After the match, Gargano and Theory charged the ring to deliver a message to Kushida. Austin making rough watch from the outside as Johnny delivered one final beat to his next contender. Unless Dexter Loomis, who scared the crap out of Austin Theory, <laughs> staring a hole into Gargano from, the bar from behind the barricade, the man saving Leon in the process is Austin Skidappard. <laughs> yeah, not a word I use that often in my reviews. Yeah, yeah. sitting up, again, not excited about Loomis uh, Gargano. Um, again, my highest expectancy for Loomis is similar to Elias, which was an actor that just didn't work on NXT but could fit into the main roster. I feel like the height of that could be... I don't know, it's something about Loomis, I, do, I don't see him hitting massive heights on the main roster, but I feel like it will work better. That's that's just my feeling about the kind of act that he is. Anyway, Kurt Stallion downed backstage with medical staff, and payday for Steve Carino! <laughs> yeah, also see him. Uh, puts the blame on Legado del Fantasma, and after the break, the Cruiserweight title match is called off, Nick Joseph informing us of the formality, which led to a nice little moment for Regal, 
as he stormed in on the ghetto Dale Fantasma, uh, who had a locker room interview where Miggle cut that short uh, to set the trio straight. Uh, there will be a championship next week, or they'll have hell to pay. Uh, good on you, William. Also, uh, after that, Escobar found a tarot card on his bag, and they were like, ah, no worry, just a card. Just chucking it away and taking the bag and walking out, whilst we know, well, that'll end well. <laughs> uh, is Cross not remaining a baddie for long, eh? Hmm. Wait and see. Uh, I find that interesting. Interesting development. Is there something more to the... Uh, duo of Bordeaux and Cross other than Big Baddie Go Smash. We'll wait and see. Uh, Tony Storm versus Io Shirai came up next. Oh no, it didn't, did it? It, it led into a little skiffuffle. Uh, Tony, I guess, I guess Tony Storm versus Io Shirai, kind of. Uh, Tony with a nice little angry determined promo, putting the blame solely on Io for her Dusty Cup loss last week. And now she's going to make her pay by taking something away from her, the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, say the champion's name, and out she comes, uh, very bluntly just saying, like, sure, I'll fight you. Like, I don't like you, lass. <laughs> I've, I've, I've perfected my Yoshimai impression. Uh, ensuing into a brawl before Tony escaped for Mercedes Martinez to charge on in, but it turns out their title aspirations have already drawn an end to their alignment, uh, the duo falling out. Shirai taking their little tiff to springboard dropkick back in, but her anger more to Martinez allowed Tony Storm to have the final say as she was just too focused on the one person. Uh, looks like we're getting a storm before Martinez reigns. Let's go with that. That works, doesn't it? We're getting the storm before the rain. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Uh, I'm, yeah, calling it. Mercedes Martinez next champion. I mean, you could go with a younger person because Mercedes Martinez is like, it's, many, it's ready for the main roster, but the main roster was not ready for her. <laughs> she dodged a bullet. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. Anyway, I like that phrasing, the storm before the rain. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, even if it's not Martinez. I like the phrase, damn it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, anyway, after this we've got Swerve showing in WWE. Turning heel means you f you're finally allowed to get some character. He had a little promo with Mackenzie Martinez. Mackenzie Martinez? <laughs> I still got Mercedes Martinez on my mind. Uh, with Mackenzie, uh, just showing all, so much character and so much charisma. Uh, as it kind of hypes himself up as a big deal. Uh, yeah, ahead of his match with Bonson Reed. Uh, after, after that, a great Imperium VTR. After being apart thanks to the pandemic, their unity will restore their global domination. Uh, Alexander Wolf uh, making the statement that his arrival is only the beginning. They're teasing Walter, which I feel like is a really smart thing to do because he can slowly ease it ease Imperium back in as like a, a background of thing of importance as in this is a big deal but we're going to do it via video packages and then you can see other things you're excited for play out and then Walter arrives yeah go for the NXT championship my man <laughs> become the big deal yeah and Conan Strong had their own promo as well uh pro potential at this point they know they have their hands full after watching their opponents duke it out in the fight pit as they're fighting Thatcher and Champa, but we get another team talking up how their experience will have them win out once again. But because they've had another win, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, anyway, after this, as I swear, Scott versus Bronson Reed, two names I'd really like to see climb the NXT ranks in 2021. Really rate both guys, and I've been looking forward to Reed's return while Swerve was somewhat stuck in cruiserweight limbo. Uh, are we see, finally seeing that time pay off now? 
Now, I, I generally really enjoyed this match. Uh, there were some awesome spots in it as well, like with the Aussie turning Swerve inside out on the apron. And uh, as a pattern set up of Big Bronson swatting Scott down whenever he tried something too fanciful. Uh, for me personally, of those, the best arguably being after Swerve handsprung into a forward roll pop-up, only to get two hands swatted right down to his back. <laughs> just There's just like a, a smile on Swerve's face of like, I've got him. And then just get swatted. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, towards the end, Swerve's smarts kicked in. His more direct offense uh, breaking down the big lad, like driving the arm down from the top rope, using Reed's size against him. But it wasn't enough for a follow-up 450 to be enough. Kind of uh, like the taunting afterwards as he kind of lost his patience, just woke up the waves. Uh, Reed clobbing the hell out of the man before showing high flying. Oh, sorry. Before showing how. Flying high is really done as he crashed down with the tsunami for the win. Uh, this was a great little match. Like for me, both were fantastic. Nailed their parts. Like Reed especially feeling more the star as each progresses. So yeah, it's a nice little match before the main event, building up the characters for the future. Again, I just feel like NXT's if certain characters is ready to progress, but because they're in a weird, are they third brand or not? Anyway, it's like, yeah. anyway, Champa calling his fight. We've got a nice video here. With Champa doing his normal seated promo, but with a bit of a twist this week, he has he caught his fight with Thatcher, one that he'll remember, a fight that commanded respect. When Champa opens up his own chair right next to him, the respect is why he agreed to the offer. Uh, once the message was like done with, Tommaso swatted his chair away and walked off, seemingly not happy that he'd lost, but the respect was there. The respect was built. Uh, yeah, does he? With that angle, though, there's a unique kind of unity. And I like teams that feel unique. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and I thought about the main event with uh, Carlo Riley and Pete Dunn. That's not right. Carlo Riley and Balor versus Eddie Lorcan and Danny Burch. My brain seemingly turns off. And that was our main event, which led into the Undisputed Era uh, kind of set up for, for the future. With Will Balor be teaming with Undisputed Era? The answer is yes. And the team in the, and setting it up. Undisputed Era with Finn Balor. Is he a permanent member? No. But this is like a a kind of dream because uh, the idea they'll push is it's like a dream matchup seeing Bella with the Undisputed Era in a match as in they can hype that up as a dream scenario yeah. even if it's not for you they can hype it up as that <laughs> and I expect them to drive that home at least next week don't just go right into it as in tease it I feel like this is a kind of fan fiction kind of area that people might have done so kind of teasing out that it's actually going to happen just Tease it out for at least a week. <laughs> Don't main master it. Uh, yeah, that's my, uh, I guess, only uh, wish for where, where this is to go. Because I like to fantasy book, like, week to week. But I would say, don't give us the like them teaming together next week. Like, it tease it out a bit. So, yeah. Anyway, as I said at the start, this was an NXT show which I wasn't a massive fan of the first Dusty Cup match. I kind of struggled to get into it a bit. I think I was immediately taken out with the fun-loving guys who love having fun and I was just like I don't care about them anymore <laughs> like you say that phrase I stop listening like somebody comes around to your house and says oh we've just been doing some work for your neighbours no you haven't and now I'm not listening to you because you're giving me a stock advertising phrase <laughs> it's just yeah I'm, gonna, I'm not going to listen to I'm not, I stop listening at that point yeah same here uh, but I've taken out the main event How? sorry the, main, the first match however as the show progressed I got more and more into the show and when we hit the main event, I was fully in. And that final angle I thought was fantastic in terms of setting up exciting things for the future. Or the near future as well. And again, again AW did the same. 
so I really enjoyed both shows. Uh, both of them had their massive positives. I had a great time. Great Wednesday of wrestling. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Anyway, that's the end of the NXT review. What did you think of NXT? Hit me up on Twitter at the damn Implicat. Uh, I've also been streaming on Twitch over at the Implications of the Second S. One day I will remember to put the graphic onto the Twitter one for that one so I don't have to plug it <laughs> endlessly. But it, yeah, so I'll be streaming over there. Uh, I stream today, I think I'm streaming tomorrow. Uh, I've been going, in terms of like the most, I know in terms of uh, locations for this, that the most people are from America. So me going live at 5pm possibly isn't the best time. <laughs> but as well as been going live, that'll be like lunchtime for America. Yeah, if you want to watch me, anyway, yeah, on Twitter, at the Damn Implicat, that's Dams in Dam. Also, go to Wrestling Headlines for all your latest wrestling news and columns and podcasts, it's all there. Uh, yeah, and with that, I say thank you for watching, and I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.